My sister, she had thousands of albums when she would play music while she was getting ready and I'd sit on my bed and I watch. I heard I Want to Be Your Lover. That was the first Prince song I ever heard and that hooked me. Comey Media Group proudly presents Revelations with Cole Johnson. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. This next guest oozes power from her pores. She is a success coach. She is the director of business development at MileHighRadio.com, and she is the co-creator and co-host of the live stream Grit and Grace TV. Oh, and she is an Uber Prince fan. We'll get to that later. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Miss Lynn Brunette. Lynn is her name, and this is her revelation. I am so happy to be here I because I'm so happy that you're doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no problem. This is my pleasure. And just a point of reference before I begin this wonderful conversation that we're about to have. When I thought of doing this platform back in late May, I didn't quite know the direction of where I wanted to go. So about, I say, three or so weeks into hashing out this particular show, I reached out to Lynn and we had a riveting one hour conversation where I threw the topics that I wanted to talk and discuss about on this show and titles for it. And she was so open, so readily available to receive it. And then on top of it was so wise enough to throw things back at me to make me think broader. And I really want to on air say thank you for that, Lynn, because you are definitely partially responsible for revelations in its form as constituted. And I really appreciate you for that. Oh, wow. You are so welcome. You know, it's conversations like that, that I live for, really. I, to create with somebody to help them get excited over something when I feel it and I can see it and maybe they're not quite sure and they're, they're questioning. I, that gets me so jazzed. I cannot tell you this world of podcasting and the power of this platform, what it does for people to people. I love being a part of that. I can imagine not being a part of it. So I was honored that you uh, took the time to listen to me and, and here it is. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. So happy, so happy, so happy that I created this vehicle for a person like you to be on it. And ooh, my gosh, the stuff that you've done and the stuff that you're still doing. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't get to all of your credentials because it, it's almost like a, a scroll that goes from here all the way across the pond to England. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff that you've done. Uh, But I like to actually get to the beginning of your life. So. You Are you a naturalized Canadian because you live in Canada now, right? 
That's right. Yeah. That's what yeah. I, I was born, born on the, more on the East and, uh, now I live on the very West Coast and yeah, I'm Canadian through and through French Canadian. You are a French Canadian. Okay. All right. So yeah. you grew up in Quebec. In Ontario, actually. Well, I was born in Ontario and I was three when we moved to the West Coast of Canada. Okay. Yeah. So Ontario. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, did you, uh, move to British Columbia or did you move to another province that's on the West? We moved to BC. So my, you know, it was kind of interesting because we moved, uh, in a big yellow school bus. My dad came home one day and, uh, had a big yellow school bus and took out most of the seats and put in some beds and belongings and said, we're moving to the West Coast. And, um, so began a long trek of experiencing things along the way, uh, me and, and my brother and my sister, who are much older than me, and my mom and dad. And we landed on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Oh, mm-hmm. that is a gorgeous area. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm right now and sitting here and I, I, I feel jealous that you spent time growing up in a beautiful area. Yeah, mountains, oh. ocean trees, lakes. Yeah, it is gorgeous. I couldn't imagine not living by the ocean. I just couldn't imagine it. So yeah, it's God's country as we call it. (laughs) So you mentioned that uh, you couldn't picture growing up where you did. So uh, talk to me a little more about your upbringing. Uh, What made it so exciting to be brought up in British Columbia? I think because my dad was such an outdoors person. And he was someone that wasn't afraid to take risks. He wasn't afraid to experience. He wasn't afraid of um, just exploring. And this was such a great place to do that. My dad, just a huge inspiration to me. Unfortunately, he died um, 26 years ago. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I've kept a large part of that with me. And he you know, nature was a big thing for him. He very much, that was a big reason actually why we moved to British Columbia because he had heard and seen pictures. And uh, so that was very, very important to him. And so, you know, we definitely experienced it. A lot of camping, a lot of hiking, a lot of appreciation of nature and wildlife. And we have so much of that here. Uh, you know, there, we have all kinds of laws that, you know, protect the grizzlies. And we have what's the spirit bear here that is a lot of the celebrities have fought to help protect here. So, you know, it was a huge thing. We had a boat growing up. So we were out on the ocean and fishing and all of these things. Uh, I greatly enriched and contributed to my life. Wow. Wow. So your father was an outdoorsman. Nice. Mm-hmm. He was a logger. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now that, that had to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So uh, did, did that fuel a love of camping in you or are you more the, the modern day woman who would prefer to, uh, how should I put this, uh, be outdoors by actually driving from your house to the mall? <laughs> you know what? I am a balance of both. I love the looking fine, dressing up, having the handbag and, you know, I love that, but I like getting dirty too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
I like so, experiencing it all. With your outdoorsy side of Lynn, uh, which do you like to do most? Uh, hike, fish, hunt? Okay, well, know. not fishing because I don't like fish. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we have a huge abundance of salmon and stuff here. Um, right. I like hiking. I like going out and exploring. Uh, I'm always anywhere that I've lived. And I've di- lived in different places in BC. Um, it's always about the exploring. I'm curious by nature. So that transcends across everything in my life. Mm. That explains a lot about you then. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, because I I sort of do get a nature vibe about you. Uh, And now that that really crystallizes it for me. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. And you said that you you were a youngest child. So how was that? Yeah, my brother and sister are 11 and 12 years older than me, but um, they have a different dad than I do. Okay. So the, um, the dad like that we moved out here with is my father, but my uh, their dad wasn't a nice dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and my dad, a great example of a man who married a woman with two children who had come from a very abusive marriage, um, you know, with two children and took these children on as his own mm-hmm. um, and never treated any of us any differently. Um, and he was a great example, great man, great, great man, um, that was there for her, for his kids, but taught them to be independent and to be strong, to always be curious, to resourceful. Um, that's one thing that I took away was resourcefulness to draw within yourself. My dad was a very spiritual man, um, and believed in all kinds of alternative things before it was fashionable because we're talking like, you know, when I was like 30 years ago, when I was a kid. Um, so a great example of a man that uh, treated all his children the same, didn't, didn't favor just because, you know, I was his blood. Uh, he treated everybody the same. Wow. Great, great example. Great example. And mm. he shines in you. I, I, I see his essence in you. And just how you deal with everybody, how you do with me, just that, that essence of, of openness and warm and, and, and this warm vibe. That, and he yeah. talked a lot. So I think that's where okay. I, got, <laughs> I always got teased for talking a lot. Mm. That was always uh, in school. It was always the comments were always Lynn talks a lot. So, mm. you know, is it mm. any surprise? This is where I am. Uh, yeah, no. no uh so okay so you got the gift of gab from your father i can see the spiritual the spiritual side too from him as well seemingly you also got the entrepreneurial side from him too so was that when uh all of these thoughts of wanting to be free in how you do your business uh, did it get formed then or did that had to take shape later when you became a, a young woman you know, when I look back, um, when I was, you know, as a kid growing up, um, I was always like setting up a store or something like that or selling something on the side of the road. But I didn't realize that and never really want to like take direction really well and being told what to do. Um, 
and that but that didn't come along till later but my dad was an example of that because when there was a couple businesses that he had started even though he was a logger um you know he had been diagnosed with cancer with uh with throat cancer and uh so he couldn't work but needed to bring some money in so and that's where the resourcefulness comes in is that he found a way to do that. He he thought, well, there's somebody that needs something that I can provide, which is what an entrepreneur is, right, at heart. And he decided that he would clean windows. And it, it, they were so, so my mom and dad both went and did that. And they were so busy, they actually had to turn jobs away. And even after my dad passed away, my mom still received calls for that. And so that mm. um, provided a lot for them. Because uh, my dad, being different and, and a free thinker and an individual thinker, didn't go for the traditional ways of treating cancer. He, um, he actually flew to Mexico every, one, every few months for alternative treatments, which actually made a huge difference. And the doctors thought for a while that it was going to um, save him. Sadly, it didn't. Um, so, but, you know, not covered you know, in Canada, we have a medical system and all of that would be covered, but going to Mexico, it wasn't. So that really drew upon the resources that my mom and dad had. And so that he, they had to make money. So that's what he did. And there was a couple businesses. He had started one with my brother as well. He was always in, into that idea of, of doing that. So that was a great influence and being an independent thinker. And, and like I was saying, having a hard time with people telling me what to do. Uh, craving freedom, wanting to be creative on my own and not having to fit into a box of what someone thought I should and doing all those things. Great influence on me, but not realizing it until about nine, 10 years ago when I had a major event happen uh, to me where I woke up one morning and I couldn't walk or stand. That was the beginning of a drastic change in my life and what led me to where I am now. Mm, wow. Yeah, mm. isn't it ever a wonder to actually, actually come across a person like Lynn and not be inspired by her? I mean, as even though you, as you can, you, as you can hear, she has a great gift of gab, <laughs> but just her presence alone, she doesn't even have to say a word, and the presence is there, and that speaks volumes to me about you. And and hearing hearing your your upbringing, it totally crystallizes why I think what I think about you that now, now I see why you're so powerful and I see why you're so beloved by many people. I see how people gravitate towards you and, and, and getting whatever advice you pass along to them because you do it in such a caring way that you have the investment in people in wanting them to achieve what they want to achieve because that's at your core who you are. And you saw that modeled when you were young and that means a ton. I can see it. I can totally see it. Wow. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. I, yeah, I want to see, you know, I absolutely believe that everybody is capable of anything. And I want to see people do what they're meant to do and experience what they're meant to experience. And yeah, I had great role models for that. My mom was an extremely strong woman. And it was always instilled in me that you can do anything. And I, you know, my dad was the kind of man that, um, okay, you're a girl, but that doesn't mean you have these standards or 
you know, these set rules for you. You're a girl and my dad, you know, taught me about how to, you know, take care of my car and all of these things. So I wasn't defined by being a girl. So I, I am so grateful. I'm so lucky that I had the parents that I had that believed in me and people. Um, and we're a great example of uh, bringing out the best in others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, it's great that uh, you aren't defined by being a girl, mm-hmm. but knowing you the way I do, you love being one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so explain to me the the influence of your mother and how that has played a big role into who you are as a woman and as and how she has shaped the feminine power within you. Oh, my mom, bless her soul, passed away last year. Um, and you know, it's funny because uh, my my mom and I, we were known to have some good arguments. We we're <laughs> very different people. Um, she lived with us for the last year. And um, oh, I tell you, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but she definitely had an influence. And because she was a strong woman. She believed in speaking your mind. She believed that, uh, again, that a woman could do anything. She was an extremely hard worker. Like, oh my God, this woman was a hard worker. And she was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of my life. Uh, but she, there were times that she did have jobs and, and worked outside the home. But the woman, what she could do and what she went through, you know, with her first that I had mentioned in the beginning was married uh, to an alcoholic who abused her terribly uh, and raising two children and she worked and, and what she had to go through at the time, uh, at a time that you did not divorce because your husband beat you and you had to take it and you made your bed and lie in it. But she, was a mama bear and and knew that she had to leave and get out but the things that she had to go through and 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 speaking up and but she was definitely very much a woman she dressed up um she liked to look nice my mother always said your hair is your crown and glory and you must always wear lipstick if anything if you don't wear anything else at least you've got to wear lipstick so, you know, she's definitely took pride in how she appeared as a woman and how she put herself out there and to have pride in yourself. Uh, but don't let anybody walk all over you. That's, you know, it was always take no crap. Right. So I'm grateful to her for, for being the example of that for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I don't. <laughs> no, don't. you don't. Take no crap. <laughs> I can be the the softest, the most giving. I want to help. I want to give. I care for people so deeply. And I know I also have that appearance of, I've also had people say that I'm extremely intimidating um, from both men and women, right? I, I So, and it kind of takes me back a little bit. Like I'm kind of taken aback because I care so deeply about people. Um but yeah, I do have that. I will give you so much. And then that's it. It's, um, you know, I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when you're there, I'm going to lay it all out and I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give you all of me. And, and see, the thing about that is, and I say this to many women, you all are the strength of the world. You just are. I love being a man. I love the masculine energy. It's wonderful. But women, it is like the Beyonce song. Uh, rule the world. Mm-hmm. And 
how women rule the world is not doing it like how men do it. No, <laughs> it's ruling the world with the, the, the nurturing, the loving and the caring that you all have within you that is natural. And then when you have role models such for you as your mother bring forth that energy, it brings forth that power. And it does not surprise me one single iota to hear that you can come off as intimidating. You're not intimidating, but you can come off as that to mm-hmm. people because you are sweet, you are nice, you are giving, and you do invest yourself in others. But I can see that if someone were to take your kindness for weakness, you will bite their head off. You know, for me as a man, I want to bring forth that energy more and more out of you because the more powerful you are, the better the world is, the better I am and the better everyone else that comes across you are. Mm -hmm. And, and that is, that is the energy I want to continue to see come forth out of you because you're a gift. Just because you're a woman, you're a gift. Now, just as a woman, now as Lynn, you're a gift, not just because you're a woman, because you have all of these traits that can help people. So I see you and I want to lift you up and lift up that energy so that it can be prominent in the areas where it needs to be. So, yeah, when I when I hear a woman who owns her power of femininity, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good because I know that is how the world's supposed to go. It's supposed to go like that. Absolutely. So when we can bring that power forth, because we are that life force, we have that life force within us as women. And when we can can exude that, when we can proudly display that, then that gives permission to men to proudly display their masculinity. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love men. I love men. Not that I don't love women. Right. But there is that that essence of what a man is that I so appreciate that I can tap into as well when I need to in certain situations. But I love that power that I have as a woman. And I, I have to say that I think that, you know, you said the power of the world, you know, rests with women. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad that we as women, and I guess I'll take it on as a whole, that mm-hmm. we are not using it in a way that women are screaming to for it to be. Um, I we're I think that women are still. We need to look at ourselves in a different way. The power that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're keeping ourselves in a victim mentality still. You know, mm. screaming for equality and, and, and screaming against patriarchy, but it's being done in the wrong way. We're not using that true essence of, of femininity, that power, the way it should be. We, we're still stuck a little bit in that victim mode. Mm. And I think that we try, you know, it's that whole be independent, be independent. At, and it's shoving men aside. Mm-hmm. That not allowing the true essence of masculinity to come forth, because I think we are still struggling. Women may say, we know exactly what it is we want. We're not being treated equally, but there's something that's missing and not being used right. And then, you know, I think that some men are left feeling confused as how they're supposed to show up. Am I being too much? Oh, no, I better not do that. And then men pull back. And then women are going, why aren't men doing this? And why? I think we're still struggling with that dance of that. And I think that women, if we can just be who we are as women and then 
then there is no confusion. Then men can be who they are as men and we can, um, I don't know, dance together <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're supposed to do. I, mean, I can be girly, girly, and I want a guy to, you know, I want a man to open the door for me. But in speaking with some men, it's like they do get the attitude from someone is, I can open my own door. Well, that's not the point. Right. Not the point. Yes, we can do these things on our own. Yeah. And I think but, what has, I think what has happened is I, I think many of us as men have seen and has actually has been modeled to us by our mothers that uh, they, have been browbeat that into them that, okay, yeah, women, we can do whatever it is that we can set our minds to. And unfortunately with broken homes, they're seeing this absent, the presence of masculinity. And these, these men grow up that, you know, from boys, they grow up to men and they see this modeled and they think, well, you don't need my help because I keep hearing this. I keep hearing this from you women. I've heard this ever since I was young that you don't need my help. Yeah. So why should I even offer? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's it's brutal to it's brutal to both genders. It's brutal to the advancement of both genders because and I have said, I, I did say this that women are the strength of the world. You all are, but we're caretakers of it. Mm-hmm. We were we were created to be caretakers of the world, and that includes the women in our lives, and that includes the yes. women in the world. Yes, that's the thing. And, I, and so I think that it, it becomes, it becomes all convoluted when it's, I don't need a man to take care of me. Right. But that, that is, that, that is your role, for lack of a better term. That is, um, and it's not, and, it, and in doing so isn't saying that you're weak or no. you're not capable. Mm-mm. It just, and I think that's where we're missing the boat a little bit. Um, when we're, f- as women, you know, fighting for, you know, equality and, and all of those things that go along with it. So, yeah. yeah. But, also- you know, and then there's the attitude of, uh, too, that I've seen a lot is women, uh, you know, say they're in a relationship and they get pregnant and, well, I don't, I don't need you anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I f- that's sad. That's sad for the child that's going to come along that, um, that there, there isn't a feeling that uh, men play a powerful role in the upbringing of a child. I, I think they do. There's things that they contribute that, it, you know, as nurturing as women and mothers are that you just can't. There's an element that you don't provide as that other, as the father, as the other person in that relationship. Because, you know, sometimes there are gay couples that have children, but there's the two people that provide something different. So... That could be a long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it can be. I, I remember hearing a comment from someone and it, it, it typifies, I think, the, the, the battle, what you just said, the battle waged the wrong way. You know, men and women are equal and women should fight for equality on this planet. No question a about it. The issue is for some reason, women want to be the same as men and that will never happen and yeah. it should never happen if i were a woman i wouldn't be i wouldn't want to be the same as a man because i as a man don't want to be the same as a woman i don't want to mm-hmm. give birth to children mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? never survive it <laughs> right right because my body wasn't built for that exactly you know so yeah. i don't want to do that so i don't want to be the same i don't want to have breasts <laughs> i don't want yeah. that i love the fact that i was created the way i was created yeah. And I also love the fact that I was partially created the way I was created because I can look at a woman 
and I can be the champion of them because of the man that I am. Mm-hmm. So, yes. why should, yeah, so why should I stand in the way of a woman when I can actually help her in as much as I possibly can in, in many different ways that I can. Uh, and, and to me, I think that's what, that's what makes me laugh about the battle of the sexist thing that I keep seeing, keep rearing its ugly head. Cause yeah. I'm saying it's like, wow, so many, and I mean, both genders, like so many, it just don't get it. Uh, yeah. It's exhausting. Are, isn't it? it is. It is. We are here to help the other gender exclamation point in the story. And if you're not doing it, you're being a hindrance. And yeah. that isn't, that isn't the move. It's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's right. And to bring a little bit of Prince into this conversation, <laughs> ah. um, you know, he said, he said one time that if, if men and women would understand their roles better, then the world would be better. And I mean, you could look at that as being misogynistic on his part, but I mean, look at the man, uh, the way he was, the way he carried himself, the way he dressed. Um, and look at it is, you know, for the last long while before he passed away, most of his band members, then he l- preferred working with women musicians. He found them superior. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't knocking them down. He no. was, uh, I mean, he put them on full display for the very fact that they were women in all their glory that they provided, but didn't discount their musical abilities, their talents, their skills, any of that. But it was understand if, you know, we each understood our roles and I could see how for some people that p- would put their back up. What do you mean my role as a woman? Mm, well, yeah. You were put here this way for a reason in this right. world because right. you carry a powerful essence as yes. we each do. So yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Same with men. Same yeah. with men. Yeah. We carry powerful essence too. It just is a different type of essence mm-hmm. that we carry, yeah. and that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it doesn't mean that I'm better than that. I'm better than you because I'm a man. You're a woman. And the opposite is true too. It doesn't mean that because you carry a certain essence, you're better than me because you're a woman and I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think exactly. that, you know, it, we get stuck in that rather than promoting what we love, encouraging what we love, we bash what we hate. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's the 100%. disconnect, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. No. And you are such a pro because you segued me into my next question because I wanted to ask you about this. So I see you're in media. I see that you have been involved in media for a long while, but the one thing that I knew about you from the jump was that you are a huge Prince slash artist formerly known as Prince fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so oh yeah. When did you become a fan of uh, his royal badness? Um gotta be early eighties. <clears throat> I think it was. Um my sister, um since she was much older than me, I used to sit on the bed while I watched her get ready to go out to the clubs. Music <laughs> was her life. She had thousands of albums for those that remember albums. Um, and she would play music while she was getting ready and I'd sit on my bed and I watch and she played this and that one album with him on the cover where he's, you know, naked, but you just see him from the shoulders up. I heard, I want to be your lover. That was the first Prince song I ever heard. And that hooked me so actually it was before 1984 because then purple rain came out in 1984 so i'd already heard of him and that's what made me go see purple rain and once i saw purple rain well that was it i mean i was totally hooked that guy spoke to me Mm. 
like the music, the, uh, I think I was 14 at the time, 15, 15. And just the way he was, it was just like, whoa, I, I don't know. It clicked something in me. It connected something in me. Um, he set the tone for, uh, my sexuality mm-hmm. and, um, of, and being who you are and, uh, and that, and to love everything about you mm-hmm. and that your sexuality is a, is your life force. And however you express that, that's where your creativity lies. And I don't know that just, I didn't know what that was, but I know that I felt it at that time. And he just clicked it for me, just spoke to me, just spoke to me. And I've just been a huge fan. And when he passed away, I will tell you, uh, I surprised, I was so surprised at how hard I took it for six months. Like I'm telling you, I cried every day, Cole, like every night I cried. And I, I list, that's all I listened to for like six months. Took me ages to finally listen, to be able to listen to Purple Rain. It really knocked me to my knees. It really, really did. And that shocked me how much, um, and how grateful I am that I actually got to see him in concert too. But that really threw me. That really threw me. Mm, wow. It's, it's amazing how an artist can, can draw you in and, give you such meaning and purpose about certain things and certain elements of life. And when you know that on this earth, that presence will no longer exist in its physical form, mm. how it can shake and jar you. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it blew me away. I I just like, I never really understood people who got that way when s- someone passed away uh, you know, like a celebrity or something. I thought, you know, it was like, okay, like it, that rocked me because it, it, you know, you hear, it sounds cheesy, but it really was the soundtrack to my life. Uh, uh, it can, certain songs will draw me to relationships, things that happened in my life, how I got through certain periods of my life growing up. I mean, it really, really was. And, and it was a tough time too. My mom was really sick. My mom was p- passed away. Like all these things were happening. B- terrible business dealings happened. I mean, it was just all this stuff. And that was, that was just sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And it really, uh, all these things going on was just a really reflective point in my life. And that just carried me through it. But yeah, even me, who's just so logical, like so factual going, what the is happening to me? Why is this like bringing me to my knees? But but I think you said it. Uh, Here's this artist who was really the soundtrack uh, soundtrack of your life and was around in what I like to term your your formative adult years because because <laughs> basically being teenagers that's when we are priming ourselves to be our adult selves mm-hmm. exactly you know so it doesn't surprise me that when you when you heard and then probably watched purple rain that it fueled you to be who you are in terms of that element. And then when it was gone, it was like a pillar taken away from you. Mm -hmm. I I got told, I could totally understand that. Yeah. And you know what? It's been so, uh, it's amazing that people that I've connected with just based on that, you know, I'll have conversations with people. I'm talking about podcasting or, you know, doing some consulting with people and, you know, they'll all go. So just on a side note, and they tell me their print story. (laughs) And, that just adds that little extra connection in building relationships with people. And that just makes me feel good. 
Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And the album that you're talking about is the self-titled album. The one where he's... Prince. Yeah. Naked from, yeah. Naked from the chest up. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the back, he's like on a on a unicorn naked, mm-hmm. but it's the picture's blurred. Right. Yeah. So if anybody has that album, even if they don't have the <laughs> album and you just have the jacket, send it to me because I want it framed and I want to put it on my office wall. <laughs> Ever the devoted Prince fan. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Okay. So since I'm talking to a Prince fan and I have been to three of his concerts, so oh. I... Three. Don't yeah. you feel sad for the people that will never have him in their lifetime growing up? Very I have schooled so. my son on Prince, so since he passed away. Mm. <laughs> but you know, I how grateful to, that we grew up in that. How lucky we are! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we we were, and yeah, I don't think we'll see a, an, an artist or a musician of his caliber ever mm. again. So, what is your favorite Prince song and favorite album? Well, God, that's hard to pick, Cole. I know. My favorite Prince song. Oh, my God. Um, I I guess the first one that hooked me, I Want to Be Your Lover, but there's something, oh, you got to love Erotic City. And... uh, That song I haven't heard in a while. Oh, go put it on after this. Erotic (laughs) City? Oh, come on. And I guess in the newer, like in the most recent days, um, really funky, funky. Have you heard uh, A Thousand Hugs and Kisses? I have. That's off the uh, Hit and Run Phase 1 or Phase 2 album. Uh, Great song, good and funky. So, But I got to say Purple Rain. I mean, there was just such a mix of different styles on on that album. And um, Purple Rain, I got to go with Purple Rain. It's my favorite album. Yeah. And but and but and off that album, when doves cry, that little riff at the beginning. Oh yeah, the guitar riff is nice. Yeah. Oh, that just like gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, similar at this similar uh, with me. The end of Let's Go Crazy. The uh, the the guitar solo at oh. the very end, where it's just him. Oh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, the first time I heard that, my jaw dropped. Oh. Wow. I did not oh, know that I could play me. guitar like that. Yeah. And I fully could, yeah. And of course I was, I was getting into my teenage years when I heard that. So I couldn't appreciate it fully then. Years later, when I heard the song again, when I, when I got to that guitar part, I was like, Oh my gosh, the genius of this man. (laughs) It just brings you to your knees, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It does. God. Yeah. So did you have the uh, pleasure to see him in concert? I did, yes. Good, yeah, in good, um, 2011, I got to see him. He actually came to Vancouver Island, and cool. he, almost nobody comes here. But we have a we have a uh, not a stadium, but we have an arena in mm-hmm. uh, about an hour and a half away in Victoria uh, that he came to, and it was like, oh my god, like somebody's coming to Victoria. So yeah, lucky enough um, to go see him with my best friend who, you know, we've been friends forever. And um, we were both like, oh my God, Prince, we're going. And it was unbelievable. And I'm so glad, so glad if I hadn't seen him, I'd be. Yeah, so I was lucky enough just once, but one is better than none. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I will say that to anybody. Uh, If you got a chance to see him once, you were privileged to see a good act because uh, I've been to other concerts. There's nothing like a Prince show. No questions about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So we talked about your Prince love. Mm -hmm. We talked about your, your, your love of being a woman. There is this new show I stumbled upon. I, I, 
I did not see this coming, but one day I was editing one of my shows and I was seeing this advertisement for this wonderful podcast slash live streaming outfit called Grit and Grace TV. (laughs) And I heard two familiar voices and I couldn't peg where they wanted to go with it. And once I actually started to see what the show's about, I said, oh my gosh, the very first episode I may add, I said, that's a winner. That's a winner. <laughs> and before I even ask your opinions on, on Mr. Ripka, I will, <laughs> I will extol my, <laughs> my, uh, my admiration for him. Uh, one of the things that I love about him is that he encourages your creativity to come forth. He brings forth that, well, to borrow a term of his, uh, former show, the raw and real side of you. <laughs> he encourages that to be unfurled. And I've always been an admirer of his his stuff, his work, his style, and most importantly, his heart. And oh, yeah. one of and he he's he's one of the closest podcasters that I have in my life. And I'm so glad that I met him. And he is he has poured into my life. And man, if I can do anything to pour back into his the way he's pouring into mine, I I would be glad to do it. <laughs> so I, I, I admire your co-host. So with that all being said, how on earth did this pairing of this strong but beautiful and nice feminine presence match up with this testosterone-fueled guy? <laughs> uh, well, I think my... Uh my strength connected to this the testosterone field cj um you know and you're right the biggest freaking heart ever and you know he's someone that can come across you know rough uh raw and real and and say it like it is and but he does have the biggest heart he is um somebody that uh, that you could have a certain idea uh, about and just, he surprises me. Like he surprises me all the time. He never ceases to amaze me. Um, so we met in the PDC and there was a post that somebody made something about friends, making friends, you know, cause I always have that theme every day and everybody jumped on promoting their show. And I thought, what the hell? This is about making friends. It's not like promoing yourself. <laughs> so I made a comment about like along those lines, like, you know, here's we're supposed to like connect and make friends with people and, and nobody wastes time promoting themselves. Right away, I got a friend request from CJ. Mm. And I was like, huh. That, and so we were friends. So I, you know, you get to know people by what they post. And I would see what he'd post in the PDC and I'd watch some of his raw and real. And he was pretty raw and pretty real sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there was something that I related to. There was something. Um, and then, you know, you get to comment on each other's things. And then he started doing live streaming. And I, I, I noticed that because I'm always keeping my eyes and ears on what's going on in the world of media. And so I started watching them and he asked me to be a guest one time. So I was like, okay. And so I was, and I continued to watch his live streams and I jumped on one and he said, Hey, and he welcomed me to watching the live stream. And it was near the end. I was catching it and I can't remember who the guest was. And he said, right on the live stream, he said, Lynn, I feel like we need to work together. 
I feel like we have this connection. And I had been thinking the same thing. Mm. And so right after he finished, he sent me a message and it was, so what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I think there's something. I don't know. And he said, yeah, I don't know either, but I think that we need to work together. So we set up a time to call. We had never talked before. We set up a time to talk. We had the longest conversation ever. So much in common, so much of so like-minded and what we were both wanting to do, not quite sure what it was, but at least the feeling of it, the essence of it. And we're like, okay, let's, let's do this. We don't know yet exactly how it's going to come about. We don't know, you know, what it's going to be. We just had a basic idea that we wanted to talk about things that other people maybe didn't want to talk about or were uncomfortable talking about. And so he was a great, as he said one time, he was the Fred Astaire to my Ginger Rogers <laughs> mm-hmm. because it had been difficult for me because I am one of those, I can be a perfectionist and wanting to appear a certain way because of times that people have said, you're like this or you're intimidating or, or these things, you, you are concerned naturally about. So he was a great, influence and inspiration to that and sort of allowed me to be able to be more me, give me the space to be able to do that. And um, so that's how it came about. Just a lot of conversations and really the intention and the mission behind what we wanted to do, maybe not exactly sure how we were going to do it. Um, and we, we are still evolving, but we know that um, we are very similar. We're very similar in how we work. We're like, jump on it now. We're both very open to talk about whatever, as you know, Cole. And, um, you know, he's such a great partner in terms of creativity. Like we bounce stuff off of each other all the time. We're always in touch. We're both always looking. He'll see something and he'll grab onto it right away, which that's the way I've always been. So it's such a great, uh, He's such a strong partner that way. I, you know, I couldn't ask for a better co-host. And personally, what he's done for me, uh, just in things that I've gone through in the last while. And he's like, um, he made this comment one day. He goes, I feel like I'm your gay best friend. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> because I can tell him anything. And he just is so, he doesn't judge. And he doesn't at all. And you could just, if you're having a tough time, you know, I can talk to him about things and, and, and vice versa. You know, if he's having a crappy day or whatever, he can send me a message and, and we've become really, really good friends. And we have big plans for grit and grace. Absolutely. Like watch out, like watch out next year. I don't want to say anything, but we have big plans. Yeah, please don't, please don't. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because, uh, I think, uh, we should be pleasantly surprised and, Look, if anyone wants to actually view Green Grace TV, it is on YouTube. And I, I, I tell you, uh, the stylish show that the both of them put on and the topics in which they discuss it, 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 it's it, the, the bit of the conversation that you heard in the beginning of this interview is, uh, how can I say it? It's sort of like the PG rated version of what their show is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes it calls for it. <laughs> uh, what is Grit and Grace TV to you? How was that formed in its uh, in its shape that it is now? And without giving away all of what uh, all of what's to come, what are your plans for Grit and Grace TV? 
Well, you know, I think the the main the main thing that we know from the beginning that still stands out is that we want to talk about the things that people don't want to talk about or uh, get the conversation started. You know, the best, I call it a compliment, that I got personally was uh, after one particular show, uh, uh, somebody said to me, that show really made me mad. And I said, I love it. Awesome. That was the best, one of the best bits of feedback I ever got. Because then she went on to say, she thought about it for three days. She asked a couple male co-workers about it. She really learned something. And that is because if we can instigate, because CJ and I can both be really good instigators. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can do that, that's what gets people, that's what is going to make people think. If we're just going to have nicey, nice, affir- affirmative conversations, which is what a lot of people want, mm-hmm. um, you're never going to think about it again. You're going to, it's going to be like one of those have a nice day quotes that you scroll past on social media. It made you feel good for that one second. And then you're going to keep scrolling. You're not going to think about it again. We don't, we didn't want that. We wanted something that maybe was going to make people angry because you're going to continue thinking about it. Think about when something makes you mad, Mm -hmm. you think about it for a long time and you talk to other people about it. Mm -hmm. That's what we wanted. We wanted, and we wanted to talk about you know, yeah, we do talk about different things. We've talked about polygamy. We've talked about affairs. We've talked about these different, but these are things that go on in the world. You know, the world is bigger than our little circle. And even though we're connected on social media, and so that has made our world bigger, there is still so much more that we don't see because there's so much to find out there. And and it doesn't all come in, you know, there's a lot on the peripheral. So, you know, it's nice to have two of us that are out looking at things. But that was the mission was to really get talking about these things and share our ideas and have people think that remove shame from things that cause shame and and to show people that if you're thinking about it, someone else is thinking about it. Right. There is not one, only one thought about anything. So we want to talk about those things and it helps us grow as well. You know, it causes people like CJ and his wife to have conversations about things that they never had conversations about. Mm. So, you know, it's, that really was the purpose of it. Now we want to expand that. We want, like, we don't take guests on our show. Um, so it's not that way. We've both had shows like that. We wanted to have something that we could work off of each other. Not, but our audience is extremely important. So we want people to engage in the conversation when we do our live stream shows. We want people to connect and we want them to share their opinion and they, we want them to do that and ask questions. We want to have that conversation with people. So our plan is without giving anything away, that conversation is going to get a whole lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Ever the tease. Okay. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Look, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I yeah, I, I I don't tire from hearing your voice. I don't tire from what we talk about, and it could be any subject matter. I just don't tire of it. Mm. <sighs> but I know you're Thanks. Thanks. Well, I know you're a busy woman, so I will uh, let you go. But before I do, I would like to ask you these questions. So what has been your biggest regret or the biggest lesson you have learned in your life? Oh, Lord. Um, can, I, can I give you two answers? 
You can most certainly give me two answers. Okay. My biggest regret is that I didn't get a cruise ship job after I graduated high school. Nice. Because what a way to travel and meet new people and make money. So I, I will think about that, but it's not like it's not like a regret, like on my deathbed type of regret that's going to tear my heart out. I just wish I had done that. Um, and the biggest learning lesson was that, and it sounds dark, but it's not, that all you truly have in this world is yourself. And that may sound, you know, dark and depressing for some people, but to me, it's going, it, it's saying, so you have all the power. You have the power to choose and decide and steer the ship and go where you want to go. Isn't that fantastic? Because that's what you have in the world is you. And, and you, you get to decide. And how great is that? You don't have to wait on anybody else to make plans, to decide. You can make plans in the meantime. And if something comes about, then you adjust your plans. So many people hold back in making decisions. And what am I going to do? And they leave that power to other people. No, you do. You decide now. And if they come along and, and change it, then you change plans. Nothing is set in stone. Mm. So that was my greatest learning lesson for sure. That you, all you have is you. People can leave you. People can come. Like, wow, how exciting is that to be in charge of you? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, that is true. That is true. Mm. And that's powerful. Wow. That is a great lesson to learn mm. <laughs> for any of us. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's flip the coin. So what has been the greatest accomplishment in your rich life? Oh, my Lord. My greatest accomplishment. My greatest accomplishment uh, is, <laughs> wow, I could have so many. My greatest accomplishment was being me, like being me, like following that through. And no matter how afraid or how many perceived setbacks or obstacles or knockdowns that I can, that I love, I love who I am. I really, really like the person I am. I'm so glad to be me, the way I think, the way I do things, the way, like, I just, that is the, and that's been hard. That's been hard. And I think the other one too, I have to say is raising my son to be able to share things and learn from him and not tell him things, to tell him things in a way that will mean something to him, not the way I think it should be. Mm, Wow. Yeah. But Which has contributed they, they, to everything else in my life. Yeah. Those two things. Yeah. Well, yeah. According to your, well, in accordance to your son, I mean, there, there's scripture that says, train your child in the way he should go because when they grow old, they won't depart from it. And that's a very hard lesson for a parent to actually do the right way because we all want to train children in the way we want them to go. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and that's a great lesson to learn. But it can be a painful one if you do it wrong. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's great. Mm-hmm. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the time of the show where I invite you to whatever you like to do. Now, you can take a pot shot or, <laughs> <laughs> or rip into any human being on the planet or you can dispense more wisdom. I say more because you dispensed a whole ton of it <laughs> on this show. And I appreciate that. But whatever you like to say, however you like to say it. The floor is yours. I am not going to rip anybody because I think everybody does the best they can with what they've got, with where they are. Um, I, you know, I think there I've had to, 
deal with a lot of death in the last year. And it's been a constant l- reminder that life is short. Um, so that has really affected on, affected me and how I do things, you know, and we hear it all the time. Life is short, life is short, but you know what? My God, like, don't wait. The fact that you're here means that you're supposed to be here. The f- and that means that you have something to offer people. And it doesn't have to be these huge things. We hear these, see these huge stories about people th- that have gone viral and people think, well, it doesn't matter how big or how small something is. You have that contribution that no one else can provide. And it may not be on a grand scale, but if it makes a difference to one person, that is all that's needed. And that applies to what we do as far as podcasting and media. People worry so much about numbers and downloads and all of that stuff and how many views on our videos. And you know what? If one person got it and it made a difference, then then doesn't that make it all worthwhile why you did, why you did it? Because think of the time that you watched something by yourself or listened to something and the difference that it made in your life. And you didn't tell the person that made that difference, but think of how important and how much that affected your life and changed your life. You could be doing the same thing for somebody else. So don't hold back no matter how big or how small. Don't wait to start because you could be holding that back from somebody else. And there's people that are there that can help you along the way and people that want to help you. So don't hold back. And I know, I know how tough it can be to ask for help, but don't hold back. Don't deny somebody else the opportunity to help because that's why we're all here. And don't worry about being perfect. And we're going to change and we're going to evolve and we're going to fall down and we're going to get back up. And that's okay. You know, We have to be willing to change and evolve. And another great quote that I love is a snake that cannot shed its skin will perish. You have to be willing to shed your skin to be something else because we are not one dimensional. We are so many beautiful dimensions. And sometimes we need to shed a skin to get to that next layer. So do it. Don't wait. There's people that want to help you. There are people that are there and there's people that need to witness you shedding that skin. Don't wait and be you. That is it, my friend. Yeah, I don't have to say anything further. Wow, that is absolutely powerful. Director of Business Development at MileHighRadio.com, co-creator and co-host of Grit and Grace TV, life coach, but most importantly, one of my dearest friends and a great human being, Lynn Brunette. Lynn, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, pleasure is all mine. Honored. I'm so glad to have this time with you, Cole. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you in my circle. The beauty about when you speak to a woman and she gets who she is at the core. And when I mean gets it at the core, I mean she understands that her role is to be a power source, but to also be a love source. And that's the same charge a man has. He's supposed to be a power source and a love source, too. It just is different. It's wonderful when you actually can speak to someone who understands that, lives that, breathes that, and talks that. The respect that she has of other human beings and of men is admirable. And the high standard that she has is impeccable. The word says, a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies.
the worth and power of a woman extends far beyond what she can do for you, what she can say to you and what she even can think for you. Just the essence of who she is really makes the difference as to what she can do for the world. Many thanks to Lynn for the powerful conversation that we had about men and women and how they're supposed to uplift one another to make this earth a far better place than it is. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I am Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. For more of Revelations, go to Pippa. Spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O.